Welcome to Cafe Attic, a video game and comic book podcast. This week, we cover Nintendo 64 clones, as well as the Eon HDMI adapter. My name is Christian Shelton, and I'm here with my co-host, Joey Dweebaba. Hi. What the heck? How you doing, buddy? Good. Um, just here. Just ready to record, ready to give our thoughts on things. Yeah. You know, I I, uh, I missed you last week. It was Sorry. a Christian Shelton solo episode. No, but that's fine, because would you like to tell the audience, you know, what you were doing while I was recording? I was playing video games. <laughs> this, this is 100% true. <laughs> but, but beyond that, you were also, you know, preparing all day, you know, to go back to the valley for your baby queue. Yeah, I was actually doing that. I'm not, yeah. So, sure. so, so yeah, you know, that and video games. And um, it went pretty well, the baby queue, baby shower thing, I think. Um, I mean, you went. What do you think? Did you like the food? Yeah, no, it was fun. It was lots of fun. And I did like the food. I had some burgers. I had some hot dogs. And also, uh, one of my friends, who will not be named, <laughs> ate a cricket. Oh, <laughs> Right off the wall. Yeah. <laughs> I thought so you were going to talk about the one that fell. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did drop one of my friends because I carried him um, yeah. from one place to the other for funsies. Oh, yeah, you fell but too. I, I uh, <laughs> well, yeah, there's like some loose gravel <laughs> and I slipped and fell and dropped him. Oh, and he goodness. just stayed there. And I was like, dude, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but he was okay. I was okay. Yeah, but, um, uh, that day I actually didn't even eat until I think 1130 um wow. like i had some chips earlier in the day like a, a little beef jerky thing but um i didn't actually eat anything until like after everyone had already left um my little niece she comes up to me with a hot dog bun just randomly and i'm like oh that's that's cool um can you get me a hot dog in there and she's like where do i get it and then i pointed to my dad who was like messing with the radio or something and, he, and i'm like that guy in the blue shirt can give you a hot dog um he'll he'll get you one and then if you want to bring it to me that'd be great and so apparently we were out of hot dogs. I know. So the little girl asked my dad, um, and my dad went and prepared a hot dog specifically for her. And so she comes and gives it to me, and I'm like, "Thanks, Dad." <laughs> <laughs> and she just, he uh, just looks at me like, "What? I thought it was for her." And I'm like, "No." <laughs> I don't know. That's kind of funny. That's funny. No, that's great. Yeah. I wonder if he would have made it for you if you had asked. Probably not. He would have said, uh, go inside in microwave or something. I don't know. <laughs> there it is. Well, you know, I wanted to talk, to talk about um, something else. So right before going to your baby shower, I actually beat Persona 5. I know. I hate you for that. So <laughs> I can't believe you haven't beaten it yet. But to be fair, you do play a lot more uh, video games than me. So you haven't focused purely on this one game right. like I have for the past uh, uh, 19 episodes of this podcast. Yeah. So here's okay. So I've had this I've had this game Persona 5 since around this time last year. I think I've had it for over a year now because this is around the time I got the, the PlayStation 4 Pro. Um, and I started it over a year ago and I still I'm like really close to finishing it. I can feel it, especially because I've told you where I'm at and you've said I'm only a couple hours away. Um, but I'm over, I'm at 101 hours right now with this game. And you said you went under hundred hours, right? Yeah. It was anywhere between 94 and 96, I believe. Okay. So I'm at 101 hours and I'm at what I think is the final boss. 
And I mean, it's cool, but I also feel like, look, I'm at 101 hours. I just kind of want to see like the story end. I want to see the ending at this point. Like I've enjoyed the game a lot now, at least 100 hours worth. And I really love the music. Like I really, really love the music in this game. However, Mm -hmm. now listening to the same music for over 100 hours, I got to admit I'm a little over it. Um, And so when this final boss, what I think is the final boss came out, I mean, it was cool, but at the same time, I was just kind of like, I just, I, I really just wished it was the first part and then I was just done with it because mm-hmm. the boss before that, um, there's a certain palace that, that is close to the end of the game. So the palace before this one, um, that was a pretty long boss battle too. That was like four different or five different transformations. And after every single time you transferred, I transformed, I was just like, oh gosh, stop. I'm just, I want to beat you already. I want to move on. Please stop. And it just kept going. <laughs> so Yeah. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, you know, this enemy that you're about to fight right now, um, I think it's pretty straightforward. I think you'll have, you know, an okay time beating it. And there's still, like, several hours of story for you to go through. Right. Um, I assume they just wrap and- everything up, right? I'll say it has its twists and turns, but it overall is satisfying in my opinion. I can't wait to hear what you think. But I just wanted to mention, you know, Persona 5 because Cafe Attic, our podcast name, is based off of this game because the character that you play as lives in the attic of a cafe in That's Japan. That's right. That's right. So, yeah. And now, now that I've finally beaten it, I am able to play any other story-driven game that I want to because <laughs> I had this promise with Joey that I wouldn't play any other games until I beat Persona 5, and I beat it before him, and now I'm free. And as such, <laughs> I have begun playing an old Sega game actually called Sword of Vermilion right. on my Mega SG, hmm. which Joey so graciously got me for my birthday, and I think that's a good segue to talk about our topics, retro games and clone consoles. And whoa, whoa, whoa hang on, uh, hang on, hang on. We're not there just yet. What? A, oh. So your Mega SG, right? Because I yeah. am curious. I've only talked to you about it over text. I think, more, yeah. more or less. Um, yeah. I didn't get a chance to play with it because I wanted you to open it like from scratch, the way I opened my Super NT. But mm-hmm. um, the reason I'm bringing this up one final time before we continue is what is your experience with the Mega SG? Like, how do you like it? Does it feel like, does it really make you feel like you're in the 90s? (laughs) (laughs) I love it 100%. Every time I walk out into my living room and see Sword of Vermilion sticking out of the Mega SG, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. I just want to play it all the time. Right? Yes, dude. (laughs) I think it's just like the little form factor of having that like little tiny console, having such a big cartridge inside, like ready for you to like play, I guess. Like, me, every time I go to the living room, same thing. Every time I see the Super NT, I'm like, oh, I really want to play whatever's in there. Like, right now, I think it's uh, Secret of Mana. And I'm like, I really want to play it. I really want to get down and just start playing this game. But um, I have to play other games that I still want to finish. And I don't want to play a game I've already complete right now. Right now, I'm just trying to move on. But it's something so captivating. There's something so captivating about just looking at this console with a game sticking out of it and you wanting to start playing it. Yeah, no, so the form factor is definitely amazing, and, like, there's that nostalgic factor of, like, you know, clicking in the cartridge and playing a game, and right now I only have the one game, but let me just tell you, seeing it up on my 
curved TV mm-hmm. is like amazing. Like <laughs> Sword of Vermilion should not look that good. And I'm so glad that it does. Right. Like the music sounds great. The visuals are so crisp. It looks better than playing it back on an old CRTV. It probably looks better than playing it on one of the, the collection discs. I, probably. Actually, I have it on the Switch, but I have not compared it. But I should do that, actually. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, it's so beautiful, so vibrant. And uh, uh, you haven't messed with any of the settings last time we checked. Um, so I actually have. I did the scan lines, um, but that was kind of weird to me. Uh, like, I appreciate... Uh, you know that they included that feature but i realized that like playing with the scan lines from far away mm-hmm. kind of hurt my eyes actually yeah in a weird way i think the thing with the sega um the sega genesis games is that because they're i think it's because of the limitations i don't know if they weren't able to put as much colors at once on the screen i think that's actually what it was but um the graphics on the sega genesis look cleaner when they're upscaled in hd like you have right now yeah they they look a lot cleaner than the super nintendo so the super nintendo because you could put so many colors on there um it looks cleaner on an older tv or with scan lines that it just makes everything look a little better but for the sega genesis games because they already look so crisp and clean when you have like just pure pixels um and there's not as much, I guess, color going on in the background. There's not as many things happening in the background. Um, things just look nicer without scan lines for the Mega SG. So that's that's very. Uh, it's a very far, uh, fair point that you're not using the scan lines because it hurts your eyes. Mm-hmm. It's not just that. I think it's also the fact that it already looks so clean, dude. Honestly, it does. without like, scan oh, lines, you're was, good. I was so impressed. Like I knew, like I saw the videos that you sent me on it, saying like how it upscales or like how it makes it look, you know, just clean on an HD TV and like seeing is definitely believing like i believed you but then like actually witnessing it myself i was just so blown away and i'm very appreciative of you getting that for me yeah so thank you. no problem and see like now your new collection aside from comics as well because i know you're still collecting comics is gonna I be uh, your 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 sega genesis collection just like my super nintendo collection yeah no so a few uh side notes so we won't be doing a comic corner this week because i am very behind on my comics i have like 30 something to read but uh speaking of collections um for sega i ordered two games that i'm very excited uh to collect which um are both spider-man games right so the first one is called so on the box it just says spider-man but i think the actual game is spider-man versus the kingpin And then I also got uh, Absolute Carnage. Yes. Um, And the cartridge is all red, and it looks so cool, and I cannot wait to get them. Mostly for collecting, because I'm a huge Spider-Man and comic book fan, but also I am super down to play them as well, even though, you know, I figure they can't be as fun as, like, the PS4 game, but still. No, of course. I'm looking forward to it. (laughs) Yeah, and see, the the thing is, it's good that you're getting them purely for collection when it comes to the Spider-Man games, because... Out of my experience, um, I think the only good Spider-Man game I've ever played on on the Genesis or the Super Nintendo was um, the Maximum Carnage game. There is, oh, I uh, had that one. Yeah, sorry, Maximum. Maximum yeah, yeah. Carnage. Yeah, sorry. Um, I said absolute. That's a comic book that's coming out. My bad. Oh, whoops. Um, I didn't realize. <laughs> my bad. Um, yeah. But uh, the other games that I've played um, are the sequel to that, which is Spider-Man and Venom: uh, Separation Anxiety. And they're the game that you bought and the – well, I haven't put the game that you bought, actually, the Spider-Man vs. Kingpin. But I've played another one called Spider-Man vs. the Sinister Six. And Ooh. those two games are actually – I mean, they're pretty known for being kind of bad. 
Um, <laughs> but I'm still probably going to buy them. Oh, for sure. For sure. For sure. The the thing is with Maximum Carnage, you had like, I guess this band called Green Jelly or something and they were behind the music and it sounds really good. But then they got rid of them for the sequel, The Separation Anxiety. And people say it just feels like a shameless like sequel, like a whatever, you know, game. Um, mm. That it doesn't really add much to the to the to the first game, but um, that's why I was what I was mentioning was it's good that you're collecting them spe- uh, purely out of collection because if you look at any of the reviews for these guys, maybe don't do that because <laughs> it'll probably show you that they're not good. That that's okay. I I feel like I'm pretty forgiving when it comes to not so great content. Oh, good. Oh yeah, I but, forgot you play Assassin's yeah. Creed. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to, you know, build my Sega collection more. I, uh, on eBay, saw um, someone was giving away six, not giving away, but selling six Disney games. Um, it was Jungle Book, um, Toy Story, Lion King, Tailspin, um, Little Mermaid, and... Um, the game with uh, Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck, uh, World of Illusion. Yeah, yeah. And I really want to buy it. Um, it. It comes out to about twenty bucks each. They're all in box. They're all. They're not complete in box. Okay. But they. Um. I think two of them. Uh, they're all in box though. Right. So I'm like, that's that's not a bad deal. No, um, especially because here's the thing with um with Sega Genesis. The reason I love the, the collecting those so much, or when I did, is that they you can still find the the boxes pretty good condition whereas like super nintendo or n64 or even the nes they were all cardboard boxes so those either people threw them away or they've deteriorated over time it's just it's very hard to find good boxes and <laughs> cheap boxes um where with like the sega genesis yeah. um i think sort of vermilion was like 40 bucks but it has like everything everything and i'm like yeah it's that's so not perfect. bad like yeah it's and it's not bad for 40 dollars. where like if you get like a box copy of like super mario world for the snes Minimum, you're looking at 120, and that's probably yeah. not even complete. Or like a link to the past, that was pretty pricey too. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, I I, to- I totally see where you're coming from, and it's cool because for Sega, uh, there I see on eBay like companies that just make reprints of the boxes. So like, if you just want it to look nice and you don't care if it's the original or not, right? You can always you know buy the cartridge separately and then buy like these brand new boxes to store it. Exactly. I actually found some for the Super Nintendo on Etsy, which I think I've been thinking about because, sorry, what? Um, I've been thinking about getting those uh, cardboard boxes, the reprints, because they also make the whole manual to make it feel like it was a complete in box. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'll share. I'll send you some for Etsy on Etsy, but I don't know if there's Genesis on there. I'll have to check. For sure. Well, you know, all this talk about, um, you know. Retro uh, games. Old, yeah, retro games. Um, has led me to, you know, want to play uh, Nintendo 64 games. And I know that there are several clone consoles out there on the market uh, as far as some other products. And, Joey, if you want to go ahead and take the lead, because I know you know a lot more about this stuff than I do. Actually, um, I think this is the first clone console for the N64. And it's actually called the... Oh. Yeah, it's actually by Hyperkin. But I want to say this is probably the first one, which is why people are excited. At least the first one that has, like, HDMI out. Um, I don't know if it's ever been replicated, though, off by anybody else. Gotcha. I didn't know that, actually. Yeah, so, that's, see, why it's... that's why you're taking the lead. <laughs> <laughs> that, it, that's kind of a big deal that we're getting an N64 clone because of that reason. But we're also getting uh, HDMI. However, 
The problem with this uh, Hyperkin console is people have already looked at the background. Uh, they, they were demoing Mario Kart on there. And they were looking at the background, and it looks like, um, I think it's Luigi's Raceway or something. Um, it's supposed to have, like, a big screen in the back mirroring your character. Um, back up on, like, a TV in the background. And people in Mario already, Kart, right? In Mario Kart 64, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so people have already pointed out that that screen, it, it actually doesn't have any video playing on it. Um, which is commonly, commonly seen in emulators. So I know we've talked about um the company analog before because they're not emulated this sounds like it's an emulation console meaning you can use the n64 games on it you can put cartridges on it but what it'll do is it'll take the data from the cartridge store it in whatever memory bank it has and then display it on the tv as opposed to just directly going from the console to the television from i'm sorry from the game to the television Meaning there's going to be uh, lag and like bugs, like little errors, like we were, like I just mentioned with the big screen on the TV. Yeah, and that's why analog is so cool because they don't. It's not an emulation. It's like actually getting the um, video signal right and like just making well, it look better. Like how does that work exactly? What's the science behind it? So the way the way cartridges are read, um, and granted this isn't like a hundred percent like accurate. I just know the little bits and pieces, but. Basically, the way emulation boxes or clone consoles work is they read off of the cartridge that you put in there. They take that memory and they store it on the side, and then they'll display it onto the television. So there's that tiny little bit of lag that you'll notice in more in platformers and games like that. Um, the, it'll still show like the full uh, HDMI signal coming out of, of the game, which is nice. Um, but when it comes to like the, the lag party part or certain parts of, of certain games not working accurately like they are supposed to on original hardware, that's why you wouldn't want a clone console. But here you have um, analog that makes FPGA consoles um, which replicate the hardware, replicate the consoles as close as possible. Um, whoops, sorry about that. Um, what that basically means is what I was mentioning before about the console taking data from the cartridge and storing it away and then displaying it, adding that little bit of lag, that's not what you're going to be getting with the analog consoles. That's why the Mega SG is so great, the Super NT and the NT Mini are so great as well. Um, and the way it looks like for this Hyperkin console is that it looks like it's going to be an emulation box. That's going to add some issues because there's going to be a lot of bugs, especially for 3D games. 3D games are a lot harder than, you know, 16-bit games. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And so that kind of gives us an, an idea of what, you know, a clone, you know, emulator console would look like. But now um, there's another product on the market called yes. the Eon HDMI adapter, if I'm not yes. mistaken. So this one came out recently, too. Actually, this one came out this week. So the Hyperkin N64 was announced about two weeks ago, uh, given, the time, given or take, give or take the time around E3. Um, but this last week we got, um, Eon who makes the HDMI adapter for the GameCube currently. They said that they're going to release the N64 HDMI adapter as well, which is an upscaler, um, that you can plug directly into your regular N64. It's nothing that you have to open up and solder, um, which is fine. Um, it looks, it looks like it, it actually would work. It looks like it actually might clean up the image a little bit, but at the same time, it's, it's still feeding off the signal that you're getting out of of the AV port. 
in your N64. Mm-hmm. So on your mm-hmm. N64 right now, there's an AV port, and that doesn't support... Um, it doesn't export, I guess, or output, whatever you want to call it, um, RGB. So it just does a composite signal where every all those three colors, that are the red, green, and blue, are all crushed into one cable, right? They're crushed into one signal, making it look a little blurry and a little fuzzy as well. Um, that's what you're going to be getting out of the AV port if you just plug in the composite cables. This adapter that we're talking about, if you plug it into that, I guess, AV output... Um, it upscales it to make it look a little cleaner, but you're still getting that yellow cable signal. You're not getting the red, green, and blue separate, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so, yeah. <laughs> and so, um, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if this is going to be any better than modding a, uh, HDMI adapter into your car, your console and removing the AV port altogether. Um, but it's nice that it'll at least be something easy to just you know put on the back of your of your N sixty four, especially yeah. if you because you you've said before in the past that you want to buy an N sixty four out of like new in box, this would be like if you still want to do that you can and now you'll have that you know little upscaler. However, it's one hundred and fifty bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. You know, based off of all the information I have, so we've got, you know, just the N64 on its own and, like, buying an old TV to play with it. Mm-hmm. We've got the clone console, the Hyperkin, and then we've got the HDMI adapter, which would uh, make, um, you know, the original console um, playable on new TVs. Um, yeah. However, I don't think I want to go with any of these options. Um, unless it turns out the analog doesn't make, you know, an N64 clone, but I feel like with the success they've had so far with the past consoles that they will probably work on that. What do you think? I agree. I actually would love to see them, uh, do something along the lines of that because as far as we know with this, um, HDMI adapter, it doesn't have like any features or anything like adding scan lines or anything. And like I mentioned before with the Super Nintendo, it looks better on an HDTV when you add scan lines because there's so much going on in the background. Just imagine an N64 that actually has like 3D textures. Like, you know, I don't know. It's just going to be interesting to see what happens if they do end up making one. I'd be down for it. Yeah. So, yeah. like, are you going to hold out for one then? Like, is like if they announce one, are you, like, for sure going to get it? If it's not over 200 bucks, Because so far... Um, what they released is the NT Mini, which was the NES, but that NES had like a bunch of options on there. It had more than an HDMI port, and you could play uh, the Japanese Famicom games and the NES games. But that console was four hundred and fifty bucks. So we were lucky. Wait, how much? Wait, four, wait how much was it? A four hundred and fifty dollar Nintendo Entertainment wow. System. Wow. Wow. Crazy. It, it did have more outputs than just an HDMI. Uh, if you wanted it to be composite, you could make it composite because there was, you know, actual adapters for it um, on the console itself. And it also played the Famicom games from Japan, but it was 450 bucks, So not a lot of people bought it. And now it's sold out and it doesn't look like you can even buy one. Hmm. Now, we got lucky with the Super Nintendo and the Genesis because they only sold them for 190 That's not bad, especially for what they can do. Granted, we don't have, you know composite out or i don't know if you really care about that though that's the thing i don't care about that at all and the only reason i got it is for the hdmi (laughs) yeah exactly you know um i think that's yeah i think that's pretty much the biggest reason why i got it too is the hdmi and then of course the no emulation that's the biggest thing i can say about it exactly exactly um if they were to make an n64 
I could see it be about two fifty. I was saying that, and I would buy it for two fifty. Like I, I think I would hands too. down. Um, like I potentially, potentially would go up to three hundred, but I think two fifty is like a perfect price for that. Yeah, I would buy it for two fifty. I don't know about three hundred, but um, the other thing I I think would be the issue with when it releases is that they have to test every single game like they did with the SNES and the Genesis to make sure that they all work. And aside from that, you're now dealing with a 3D game. You're not dealing with a with a you know 2D sprite based game anymore. You're going. I would assume you're going into a little more complicated territory. But I don't know. So wow. Wait. Okay. Wait. There's no way that they tested every single game. Like, cause Sega has like how many games? Cause they allowed like third parties up the wing wing to like make all the you know games that they wanted for that console. I feel. I'm pretty sure that's what they said. At least with the NT, they said that the Super NT. I don't know about the Mega SD. I have to double check. Wow. Well, I mean, but, if they did it, that's crazy. Yeah, but I, you know what? Honestly, even if they even if they didn't um, test every single game, I'd still hold it. I'd still hold the N64 above all else with clone consoles, just because looking at what the Super Nintendo can play, like Super Nintendo, the N Super NT, and the Mega SG. Both of those console con- consoles can play any game that you pop in there that was made for the Genesis, whether it be uh, actual Genesis games, the Game Genies, the SD card readers that people make today, or the um, the oh what is it called? The community that makes like their own games specifically for Sega and Super Nintendo. Those games mm-hmm. will work on these consoles as well. That's so cool. So I I don't doubt that um the n64 will work for every game even if they don't test them out i'd still buy yeah. 250 for sure yeah and where can you buy these games that people are still making for these like old consoles um i'd have to take a look um i know one of the reviews i was watching um he said that he was playing one of the newer games that came out for the genesis and it's just like fans of the genesis that still want to make games for it which is pretty cool i'll have to look that into is it. super cool yeah which leads me to wonder um you know i don't know how big these fan-made games are but do you think that there's a potential in the future for analog to make their own console and have games that are designed by these, you know, fans who are like have good followings? I don't know. I think it'd be kind of cool, but because um, what's it called? Because right now they're just making consoles that already have an established like game library. I think that reason alone would would be the reason why they wouldn't make any other consoles like their own consoles, if that makes sense. Because, like, yeah, if, if they made their own, they'd be competing with the likes of, um, well, you know, the three big ones, Nintendo, Microsoft, and Sony. And, well, you, have, you try asking more questions, I guess, is are they going to be actual competitors or are they going to be specifically retro consoles? Like a, like, like a niche, yeah. yeah. I would say more it's like a niche, like an add-on. Because, like, you know, nowadays, you know, most people who play games will have, you know, one of the major consoles, um, if not more. But this could be seen as like you know an add-on or something. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I could see. Maybe that. not, but maybe maybe not. I just I dream. It's something I would want. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, and that's cool. Like I'm actually going to look into that because you know I I knew that people still made games you know for old consoles, but I didn't. It didn't quite click with me that I could go out and purchase you know said games that people are making nowadays for Sega and like play those now. Yeah. That I have the Mega SG. That's like super cool. Yeah, no, no, uh, exactly. Um, I, I think it's, I think you'd have to actually look to see where um, you could purchase them. But if yeah. I find out where I can find them, I can, I can let you know. Cool. Oh, I found Thank one. Thank you. 
<laughs> just like that. Uh, there's this game called Tanglewood, uh, released in 2018. And, wow, uh, cool. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks like, oh, you know what it is? It looks like these people get Kickstarters, and then that's how they make their games for these old consoles. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so I'll just, like, look up, you know, modern Sega games, and I'm sure I'll, I'll find something. Yeah, yeah. Wh- which leads me to ask, Joey, should we make a cafe attic video game uh i mean yeah <laughs> well, i mean probably... cafe attic the video game yeah it probably wouldn't be two guys sitting in the room talking in the podcast though no we'd go on some grand adventure i'm oh, sure but... we should do like a beat-em-up yeah oh, a two-player that'd be so cool I'm look. like kind of like the scott pilgrim game that's dead now dude i was about to say that <laughs> <laughs> well that's our next our next uh our next task our next our next adventure I guess. By by episode 100. Let's try to make it happen. (laughs) All right, all right. Cool. (laughs) With that being said, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Cafe Attic. If you like what you hear, please rate, comment, and subscribe on iTunes, as it really helps us get found by nerds in the podcast sphere. We drop episodes every Friday. Also, don't forget to subscribe on CafeAttic.com for the chance to win free video game content and or comic book related stuff. Seriously, take us up on this offer. Until next time, I'm Christian Shelton. And I'm Joe Hello. Bye. Bye. Hey, Christian. What's up? You know what's funny? What? <laughs> you didn't say it was episode 19. <laughs> no! <laughs> oh my you know what's funny? What? So this is the year 2019. Oh, my God. Um, and this is episode 19, <laughs> which is perfect. <laughs> oh, my perfect. gosh.